Yo fam. Today I'm going to talk to you about Johnny Bones Jones, the baddest man on the planet, the light heavyweight champion of the world with the UFC. This dude is literally one of the best athletes in the world. He consistently performs at the highest level and he consistently gets his butt into trouble. And it's so easy to say, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Basically, if you didn't see it in the news, he got arrested for DWI and gun possession. Um, This is the second, third, fourth offense. He uh, One time he wrecked his Bentley into a pole with two strippers in the back. He's tested positive for tainted supplements. He's, you know, talked about, uh, you know, weeks, a week before big, huge fights, being out partying, you know, using cocaine. Um, and he has done, he did a small stint in rehab, but just a ton of stuff. And most people look at this kind of behavior and is like, what an idiot, what is wrong with the guy? But I would argue he qualifies as one of us. He qualifies as as someone that struggles with the disease of addiction, uh, whether it's alcohol or other substances. I mean, there's one argument a lot of people are trying to make make out that just maybe he needs some sort of excitement. Um, but, uh, you know, here's my argument. There's plenty of people out there that party. There's plenty of people out there that make dumb decisions. There's plenty of people out there that, um, you know, that get in trouble. But here's the number one tester that I talk about when I talk to guys and gals that end up in the rooms of of, uh, 12-step or end up in rehab or jail is I always ask them, what do you think normal people do when they get in trouble for something? In other words... If someone gets in trouble for a DWI or drugs or doing some dumb stuff, what, what do you think they do after? And they always look at me funny. And I, and I say, they quit doing what it is that got them in trouble. In other words, when someone, uh, you know, when normies, you know, because there are plenty of people, alcohol is probably one of the easiest, most common drugs out there. And every person, I don't care who you are, with exception, let, let me just say not every person, with the exception of a small percentage of people, every person out there has had too much to drink in some way, shape, or form. And every person out there probably has driven when they were over the legal limit of 0.08. And so at any given moment, those people could get pulled over and get a full-on DWI. But here's the thing. Sometimes, you know, people that are partying or, or making some bad decisions or whatever, they get a DWI, they get in trouble, but here's what they do. They quit driving while intoxicated. They cut back on their uh, alcohol consumption. They quit putting themselves in precarious situations. Um, but but people that would suffer from the disease of addiction or alcoholism, they never, they don't really do that. They do it for a small, short period of time, but ultimately because their disease is progressive, incurable, fatal, chronic, insidious, you know, they cut back, they start dabbling a little bit, and things start ramping up, and before you know it, they're putting themselves again in precarious situations, you know, so yes, when I first saw the the uh, the fact that John Jones was busted yet again, uh, ooh, that was busted yet again, 
my first thought was, what a freaking idiot. Like, I can't believe this again. I mean, he actually, the way he got in trouble, number one, everybody's on a shutdown with this coronavirus. He's in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico, which in the overall scheme of things is a relative, you know, it's a big, small town. Um, nobody's out on the streets. And here he is not only out driving, but he shot his gun um, on the streets. Um and the cops heard it, found him, found an open bottle in his car. Um, and, you know, he's talking about being stir crazy and, you know, had to be out and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing. You know, I got arrested four times in three years. And for a lot, for um, the vast majority of that time, I just thought I was unlucky. You know, everybody I was doing in my mind, I was doing nothing different than the people I was hanging out with. Um, both adults and, you know, teenagers, which was, you know, partying, uh, having a good time, uh, being out and about in my mind, not doing anything stupid. I wouldn't get in fights. I wouldn't stealing. I wouldn't acting a fool. I was just out and about, but here's the thing. I kept getting in trouble. I kept being in the wrong place at the wrong time. I kept, you know, it, it would always be something a little bit different, um, and I would try and justify, you know, just being unlucky. But when you're unlucky two, three, four, five times, one has to wonder what the heck. Everybody outside uh, looking from the outside in goes, there's obviously something wrong. Um, but the the last time I got arrested I, I and started having to go through the system with probation, whatever, I started asking myself, man, why do I keep ending up in these precarious situations? Why do I keep putting myself in positions that it's going to compromise me? When John Jones got arrested, there was some, uh, uh, he got put in handcuffs and then he starts talking about anxiety and ADHD and this and that. And he's worried about his family. <coughs> oh, I'm so worried for my family. I just want to be with my family, blah, blah, blah. And it's not that he didn't feel that. It's it's the inability to consider the possibilities when under the influence of alcohol or drugs. In other words, you know, I heard it put uh, I heard it put really well at a meeting the other week, and a guy had a cup, and he said, "You know what? If this is alcohol, he's like, I know without a shadow of a doubt that I cannot pick this alcohol up. That the moment I have one drink." I transition from knowing that I can't have a drop to to a complete 180 and starting to try and convince you as to why this is no big deal and why I can have just a little and why it's important that uh, I continue to drink. You know, for drug addicts and alcoholics, it's this operating from two fully op, uh, total uh, opposite ends of the spectrum. On one hand, when you're totally sober and abstinent, particularly after some traumatic event. In other words, every drug addict and alcoholic has some event in their life, whether it's uh, health-wise, medically, it's a social it, it, it's a social situation where they get into a fight or embarrass themselves or doing something really crazy, a criminal offense where they get arrested, some adverse experience that someone has to cause them to go, you know what, I need to cut back, or you know what, I need to quit drinking or using. And they stop. Uh, a lot of people are able to stop. 
But what happens is they start to, you know, go, okay, everything's calmed down a bit. They get a little bit further from that embarrassing experience. Everybody relaxes and like, hey, they're doing well. And so they do this thing where they go, you know what? I'm just going to drink a little. I'm just going to smoke a little. I'm just going to dabble, you know, here and there. And they, even after long periods of uh, years of maybe even not drinking, whether it was forced or they just didn't, and they have a couple drinks and it's fine. And they have a couple drinks and it's fine. They smoke a little weed and it's fine. But because this disease is progressive in one's mind and body and spirit, they have, when they talk about having no control, you know, there's this misconception that having no control means you have one sip and all of a sudden we don't know what's going to happen. That's just not, I don't think that that's the experience for the vast amount of alcoholics and drug addicts. What it, the more common way that it looks is they have a couple drinks and it's fine. They have a couple smokes and it's fine. But one day a month turns into three days a month and three days a month turns into five days a month. And then it becomes the weekends just on Saturdays. And then it becomes just on Fridays and Saturdays. And before you know it, you look up, they consciously know they're drinking more than they said. But remember, once we start drinking, we start convincing everyone why this is not a problem and why we need to keep this in our life. And most people surround themselves with people that drink and use drugs, uh, you know, uh, at the minimum drink on a regular, and they can control it. It's no big deal. So we're really just blending in. We're not making a, we're not making a fuss. We're not cursing people out. We're not getting in fights or whatever. And then one day, some way, somehow, we end up on the side of the road like John Jones with an open bottle of of vodka. Uh, no insurance, and a gun that we shot for whatever good reason it was. Um, and that's what, that's what you know, people that are under the influence um, that suffer from a disease that is progressive and curable and fatal, and we end up in these situations and wonder how we got there. And then we're going, oh, but what about all this? You know, what about the embarrassment? What about the family? Have no concept of the repercussions. You know, I I would venture to bet uh, John still didn't think he was doing anything wrong. He probably still thought he was being harassed or whatever, which is, you know, probably true. One of the things came out was last time, one of the times he got, uh, he got arrested for a hit and run. He hit a pregnant girl. Um, left, fled the scene, came back to the scene, grabbed his money and probably drugs, if I'm a betting man, fled again, and then turned themselves in. And one of the arresting officers was the same officer that was, that, that was arresting him this last time. Um, similar thing happened to me. A guy, I got a DWI from a, a, a police officer. Four months later, the same police officer uh, busted me with uh, marijuana possession. And it's just preposterous. The lies that that go through our mind about how we just don't think that we're doing anything wrong. We think so many times we just think we're unlucky. But I always resort back to, you know, normal people, even the people that maybe abuse drugs and alcohol a bit or considered heavy drug users, even if they get in trouble, they cut back, they quit doing the things that got them in trouble. 
they figure out a way to regulate. When they say, hey, I'm going to cut back, they cut back. When they say I'm going to drink on Saturdays, they drink on Saturdays. Uh, even if things ramp up and they have a, a negative experience with family or society or work or whatever, they cut back. When 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 proposition with enough evidence, they just they just cut back. It's not an issue. But there are those that are that are like me, and and many drug addicts and alcoholics out there that qualify that consistently put themselves in precarious situations. And, and wonder, everybody from the outside is going, what a freaking idiot. And yet the drug addict or alcoholic has to, which I know they ha- it has to be on, uh, you know, when he's by himself or with the people he's really close to goes, what the heck is wrong with me? Why do I keep ending up in these situations? And the reason is because he suffers from a disease that says he doesn't have it. He suffers from a... Um, he suffers from an allergy and uh and his just happens to end up on tmz and espn and usa today um and still which is one of his favorite lines and still he's a light heavyweight champion of the world and still he operates at the highest level when it comes to to athletics um and he continually puts himself in precarious situations the other thing which i'll wrap with this is he claims to be ex- uh, extremely religious, which maybe he is. He's got a Philippians tattoo on his chest. His uh, family is very religious. He was raised uh, with a good family. He's got two two brothers that are uh, professional athletes in the NFL. Uh, his grandmother's extremely religious. I've got my own kind of opinions about how I think he's quite fake, and I think he knows how to turn it on and put it on as if he's one of, uh, you know, he's a good, wholesome boy. And when he tries to use willpower to self-correct, he hangs his hat on the, you know, Christian religion. And it, it kind of reminds me of like, he's the baddest man on the, on the planet. He's a, he's a vicious competitor. Um, and when he tries to put it on, he puts on a pair of khakis and a polo and, and praises, you know, praises our boy. Um, but I think that's the difference between willpower and a true uh, 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 addressing the true issue, with the, which is a disease that tells us we ain't got one. Um, it, it's just so it, it's just painful to watch. I think the other part is, you know how when you when when you've got like the sixth sense, like you're you're hearing someone talk or you're seeing someone behave in a particular way and they're saying all the right things, but you just don't. Something just doesn't feel right. It just doesn't feel authentic. That's how I felt about, that's how I felt about, uh, you know, John Jones. Like, I love watching him perform. Um, I love, I wish he'd play the villain more often. But it's just, man, he, he, um, you know, as much as he has an act, both, both uh, to sell tickets and maybe this, uh, you know, this extreme religious belief uh, uh, behavior, um, and I, I, it's not all an act. I mean, I'm sure he believes it, but uh, the fact that he continues to put himself in precarious situations, um, you know, just leads me to to believe and know that full qualifies where I go. Anyway, any of you struggling, you got anxiety, depression, struggling with addiction, holler at your boy. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, holler at your boy. Gia.